Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast, where we believe that lifelong learning and relentless determination are essential to developing your passions and reaching your goals. Here to help you along the way are the hosts of the show. Take it away, ladies. Hey, y'all. I'm Brooke. And I'm Farron. As educators and high achievers, we're passionate about providing our listeners with effective strategies to help navigate life's obstacles and reach your goals sooner. Join us as we break down credible research that gives you a fresh perspective and challenges your limiting beliefs. Laugh and grow as we share personal anecdotes and interviews from people that have demonstrated what it takes to be successful. By implementing these practices, you will develop your unique skill set and learn how to better serve your community. Get your mind right. And enjoy this time designed just for you. You want to intro that again, Farron? 104. Episode 104. Knocking at the door. Oh, look at you. Now you're rhyming. I'm so proud. I'm currently under a it's contract. It's only taking you 100 episodes to start rhyming. You know, <laughs> I haven't sang, I think, since Little Mermaid. Oh, well. That's been a while. Remember that episode? I do. It'll be an Easter egg. Someone go find it. (laughs) Okay. Uh, 104 is not about the Little Mermaid or Easter eggs. That's right. It's about Atomic Habits. And last week we introed the whole book and we talked about what the book's kind of about. So if you're just now jumping in, go back to episode 103 and then join us again for episode 104. But today we're talking about the first law, which is... Make it obvious. Yes. So in this section, we're going to cover multiple chapters. Mm -hmm. And the first chapter is... How to move my sticky note. (laughs) (laughs) Chapter four, the man who didn't look right. I like how he Bob Goffs it and you're like, wait, what? Yes. (laughs) But he doesn't have subtitles, so you just have to read to kind of figure it out. Such a tease. But this story, I like how he opens with anecdotes. Y'all, just get your hands on the book, because he always opens with an anecdote. The visuals are great, especially for people like me who have to see like what he means when he talks about habit stacking or the loop or whatever. I'm like, um, uh, can you draw me a picture? So make sure you get your hands on this book. We'll link it in the show notes. But the story, it's about this daughter-in-law. She looks at her father-in-law's face, and she's like, you need to go to a hospital. He's like, well, uh... And made like a dad joke about being ugly or whatever. And she's like, no, you need to go to the hospital right away. Turns out she's this nurse who's got at least her 10,000 hours and looking at people's faces when they have strokes. And she was able to get him to the hospital quick enough to catch whatever was about to happen to him. So all that to say, make sure you get your 10,000 hours sight edge. Yes, the stories definitely, one, make this book even more fun to read. Two, I like what you said about the examples um, because I can look at those examples and better apply the strategies to my own life. And the chapters are short. So if you set a goal to read a chapter a day, it's mission doable. Accomplished. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, speaking of accomplishing missions, let's see what he has to say in this chapter. Okay, so this the first law is make it obvious. So he goes on this anecdote about how there is... Some subway station, I'm not even going to guess the country, because it's, it's not us. I think it was Japan. That that would be a good guess. Yep. So, there's that, but they have a system before the train leaves the station every time, and it's the point and call. And they point and call different things, like the doorway is clear, the runway is clear. The, this They'll say it and point it and see it and call it out. And it some crazy stat, like it's reduced... 
the amount of injuries and mistakes. 85%. What? 85%. If you told me that if I point like pointed it out, looked at it, called it out by its name, I am 85% more likely to do better with it, whatever that is. Like, if I open the fridge, or if I'm about to eat an Oreo, I'm about to eat this Oreo, it's in my hand, and it's not going to improve my health. Yes, I always think of this system when um, leaving parking lots, especially yes. like the soccer fields on the weekend. <laughs> oh, Lord, please don't let me run over a kid. So yes, the pointing and calling and not backing into other cars. I feel like it's saved lives already. So here's a practical. I was telling my book study group this not too long ago about how I do a point and call kind of thing. So Morgan is a neat freak, which I love. I'm so glad it, it's like that instead of the opposite. But, and I like a clean house too. He's just really good at it and I'm not as good at it. So I ha- I've established a cutoff time at night to where I will stop chores or stop whatever and go sit on the couch with the family. And so if 8.30 rolls around and whatever chore isn't done, I look at it and I tell Morgan, hey, the towels are not getting washed tonight. And that way, the whole room knows that towels aren't getting washed tonight. It is what it is. But that's actually set us up for success. And I didn't even think about it actually doing anything because it's something that's not being done that needs to get done. But even just saying it out loud was a verbal reminder for both of us that, hey, once we start our list, start there. And it gets rid of the, un, what is it, the unvoiced expectations. I was thinking the same of things thing. getting done versus not done. So that has helped tremendously. I'm sure it helps you actually rest. And it makes me go sit down. So yeah. I, whatever the last thing I do when 8.30 goes off, whatever I'm doing, I say it out loud. Hey, and I'm making Morgan be accountable with me on that. Like, hey, please come join our family. Hey, this isn't getting done tonight. The end. Yeah, it's almost like giving yourself permission. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Um, my pointing and calling that happens most frequently, maybe not the best example, <laughs> but it happens often, is I'll go to like check the weather on my phone, but as soon as I punch in my little passcode... My finger directly clicks on social media. (laughs) How does that happen? And then I'm like, wait, what was I doing? And it's same thing. I need to text so-and-so. My finger will directly click on a social media thing. And so what I say to myself is think, think, think. And I say it out loud until I can remember what it was I was really trying to do. Yeah. And there's more strategies I know I could implement. I could take it off my phone. I could put it in a file thing on my phone where they put the app friction. shake mm-hmm. yeah yes that always makes me giggle a little bit like it's okay little apps <laughs> i won't delete you on purpose accidents <laughs> happen um but yeah so i know that i can do those and i will get there someday but yeah verbally tell myself even if you walk into another room right what i come in here for? and i will say i will stop and i'll just say think 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 because it interrupts whatever my new mm-hmm crazy idea was and makes me go back and think telling your brain to think works people try it cognition think about y'all thinking yes the good news is is that we can get our habits to become automatic and when they're automatic we stop paying attention to what we're doing so again all my nines out there last episode i said the goal is to make this as easy and effortless as possible so if you'll put in some dedication and commitment on the front end eventually habits Again, good and bad habits both exist. 
just like you do your bad ones without even noticing mm-hmm. it. Again, if I open my phone and five minutes later I'm on Facebook and I'm like, wait, that's not mm-hmm. what I was doing. You, you can get your good habits to be just as automatic as your bad ones. Right. I love it. He also gives so many resources, and he says it multiple times in the book. He tells you what website to go to and things you can download. So, again, make sure you get your copy of the book. We'll link it in the show notes. Alrighty, that brings us to chapter five, the best way to start a new habit. I feel like when you're reading the table of contents, you might be tempted to just skip to this (laughs) chapter. So if that's you, I got you, you need to go back. (laughs) I love it. So one of the points we really liked on this one, again, the first law of behavior change is to make it obvious. It needs to be in your face. A lot of times we're caught up being busy. Not necessarily productive, but being busy. So we'll look over things. Sometimes if a bag needs to go in the car before I leave, I'll put it right in front of the door. So that way I know I have to move this bag to get out this door. So it's creating that resistance. And we'll we'll talk about that more. But I like how it talks about make sure you give yourself a cue. And time and location are our two biggest cues for humans. One of the final points we're going to talk about in this chapter is something called the Implementation Intention Formula. So it's basically, if you even write this out, we all know the research, not we all, but like we talk about this on the podcast all the time. You're 42% more likely to do something if you write it down, but he is telling you how to write it down, which is only going to increase your percentage of actually doing it, which is cool. So the Implementation Intention Formula is I will, behavior, at, time, in, location. He gives the example of helping people have a voting plan, like how to come up with a voting plan. So he has people write down, I will vote at 4 p.m. after I get off work at the local school. And then has them name it and they're more likely to go do that. Yeah, setting a time and location is definitely um, important, especially, I don't know why a time, the time of day is always hard for Mm -hmm. me to nail down when it comes to habits. Um, But another, like, to build on this concept, once you have one habit down, you can stack others on top of it. And so one that I use uh, that I like to stack is I have to get ready in the morning for work. That's going to happen. I get ready in my bathroom for, you know, 20, 30 minutes, depending on how presentable I need to look that day. Um, But what I like to stack on top of that is when I listen to the Daily Audio Bible. So I listen to that in the morning while getting ready. So finding time to read and be in scripture can be really hard, but uh, the audiobook version allows you to multitask, but I paired it specifically with something that doesn't require a lot of my attention. I've been getting ready the same way for most of my life. Right. <laughs> and so my mind's wandering anyways, and it could be stressing itself out with what's to come for the day. So instead, why not start my day off in the Word? It sets me up for a good mindset that day. That's an absolutely great example, Farron. Well, thank you. Very good. Thank you. He calls that habit stacking like you've mentioned. So even if it's um, listening to something while you're doing something else, or if you're instead of just, I'm going to daydream, okay, I'm going to write while I'm thinking about things, you can stack your habits like that if you set times to do that. Um, He also mentions... He wanted to do like five push-ups every day at least. So he talked to himself about every time I close my laptop for lunch, I'll put the laptop down, which is the thing he's already doing before he goes to lunch, and then he'll do five push-ups. 
So then that gives the time, the location, and what he's doing right before. So he trained himself to every time he closed the laptop, he his brain would automatically want to do push-ups, which is really cool. I know someone out there is thinking, like, this sounds lame to have these kinds of phrases. Um, another example he gives is the, after I close the door, after I brush my teeth, you know, after I sit down at the table, like, you need to actually say these things to yourself. Um, but being specific and clear sets you up for success. Mm-hmm. And again, trying to keep it simple. This is a simple phrase, but saying it out loud, kind of like we talked earlier about giving yourself permission to go relax. The same thing happens here when you tell yourself, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Putting it out there. I like it. And then if you needed that accountability, say it to the person that's going to help you stay accountable. Mm-hmm. Okay, chapter six. Motivation is overrated. Environment often matters more. Oh, what? that's true. That's true. It brings it, me back to my psychology days of nature versus nurture. And you have to write, you have to defend a side. You're like, it's both, y'all. So my dad uh, gives up chips for Lent every Lent season, every spring. <laughs> and uh, he won't go to Mexican food restaurants because... What do they set in front of you? Mm-hmm. And what does everybody else munch on while you're waiting? Um, he has before, but I can't imagine. If his long-term goal was to never eat chips again, that would not be a good situation to put yourself in. And so I think this applies to a lot more environments and habits um, than one might think. Right. So this this chapter talks a little bit about cues and how you can set yourself up with cue. Remember, that's the very first part of the habit loop. It's the thing you see, hear, smell, taste, whatever's going to get trigger the next thing that you do in the second part of the habit loop. So every habit is initiated by a cue, and we're more likely to notice cues that stand out. Again, make it obvious is the, is the law that we're going over right now. He talks about, man, if my goal is to eat more apples a day, Instead of putting them in the refrigerator, I need to take them out and put them in this bowl on the island. That way, every time I walk by, it is obvious that there are bright red apples on the island, which will start the cue of me, oh, I need to go eat an apple. Which is the same reason why we hide the cheese balls in (laughs) our old pantry, because (laughs) if you can see them from our other pantry, both me and the three-year-old will eat the whole ginormous container. Those are addicting. But he talks, too, about creating um, the environment. So not only putting things in the environment, but choosing an environment for each of your um, habits you want to create. So for me, one that, a non-example, when I do try to read, it's never successful when I'm in bed. I used to say, reading makes me fall asleep. But then I realized that, like, while I'm reading in bed, and my brain knows that, oh, we're in bed... It's time to go to sleep. Um, so that's important too. I've seen a lot of places, if you have trouble sleeping, and I think he talks about it too, make sure you only get in your bed when it's time to sleep. If, you get, if you're in bed and you're playing video games, if you're in bed and you're watching TV, then your brain has already trained itself that that environment is for those activities. So when you get in bed, it's not going to sleep. It's like, sweet game time let's do it right I think it's good to to create environments for your kiddos so the old like doing your homework at the kitchen table kind of thing mm-hmm. um, I think is good for a lot of reasons especially one if you're habit stacking and you're like 
I need more shoulder to shoulder time with my kid, but I also have to cook dinner. Then we can habit stack homework while we're cooking dinner. After dinner, everyone's done. Done with homework, family time, and maybe the dishes will get done later. Yeah, unless it's after 8.30 and then you say, hey spouse, dishes aren't getting done tonight. Yeah. And then you go sit on the couch. <laughs> or you're like, cool, paper plates go in the trash. Yeah. Done. Dishes are done, honey. <laughs> well, done. And if speaking with the one room, one purpose, like you were saying, Farron, if you are studying for tests, don't study in your bed. Study where you're more alert, like at a desk or standing. But also, if you have peppermints in your mouth while you study, and then you put peppermints in before you go take your test, you're also going to do better. So this is not always possible, but do you know, I, there's this guy, he did a presentation, he has a really, it was a great presentation, two-day training, green light classrooms, and he said that he used to study in the college classroom where he would have to take his test, and that, yeah. like, he would do better, because when he walked in, mm-hmm. like, he had all these different cues, both ones he created, like he would look at objects around the room, like in a certain order for timelines to remember timelines and different things. Anyways, then you show up and it's test day, but your brain's like, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, I remember all this stuff right, we learned in here." Yes, you practiced where you're going to play the game. There was one season we coached, or I was coaching at a school, and it was the first year that they had turfed the field, and we were able to practice on the field. So we practiced there every day, and that happened to be. The year that we were the district champs, which was really cool. Every year before that, we hadn't practiced on the game field. So whenever we got to the game field, that was the first time we had seen it in a couple weeks, depending on how the schedule shook out. So going from practicing where you're going to play the game, that helped so much. And in college soccer, we'd always go walk the field Mm -hmm. a lot of times. And in cross country, we'd walk the course or, you know, jog it some before we had to race. So... There's obviously plenty out there if everyone does it right in the mm-hmm. sport, mm-hmm. for sure. Chapter 7, this one goes out to the Enneagram 8s. It's called The Secret to Self-Control. God. So there's that. Me and chips. <laughs> I gotta find some self-control You're here. wing an 8. <laughs> oh, man. So I like how at the end of each part, so this is part 1, make it obvious. That's the law of the first part of the habit. Forming a good habit is make it obvious. So at the end of each part, he does the inversion of the law. If you're trying to get rid of a bad habit. So instead of making it obvious, the inversion of it is make it invisible. So if, like you were saying, Farron, with the cheese balls, don't put it in an obvious spot. It's, you have to, like, there's more resistance for you to have to go get that thing. He gives an example about how if you have a really bad habit of just binge watching Netflix all night long... Disconnect your internet every time. Yeah. That way you have to like type in your password every single time. This might not be the chapter, but he talks to about how someone has theirs plugged into a wall timer. Mm -hmm. And so every night at a certain time, the internet turns off at, you know, 8 p.m. Man, going to bed at 8. Love it. The hard part is we are human, so we are still sinners while we're here on this earth. So self-control, yeah, that's that's a thing we need to have. But sometimes we need help with that. So having that wall timer or putting things in place to where you're safeguarded. Billy Graham had people around him all the time to make sure he wouldn't fall into 
some sort of sin he was struggling with. My husband, for example, he um, he has made it known in his workplace that he'll never walk a unit by himself, unaccompanied, because then if he walks into a, a, a unit that has someone living in there, then that could put him in a situation that's their word against his or whatever, so he's never going to do that. He's going to always walk a unit with someone who with the manager who works there, and that has set him up for success in that aspect and has saved him where he's seen other people get in trouble for something that hadn't even happened. So he's safeguarding himself there. Yeah, I like how you brought up the example of surrounding yourselves. We talk a lot about community here. Um, So surrounding yourselves with other people can help uh, reduce your exposure to other things. So if you only have friends that go out and spend hundreds and thousands of dollars at the bar every weekend and your goal is to maybe get healthier and save money, um, you might need to find friends that stay in and watch movies that are already on Netflix, right. for example. Netflix does not pay for us to say these things. <laughs> but you could. Yeah, so sometimes um, re- people don't... One excuse to not reducing their exposure could be like, but that's what we do for fun, or... But that's, that's part of my job. That's part of my job. Yep, a lot. It's And that's easy. Right, I love, it is, Mm -hmm. and I love um, in Casey Coates' episode, we interviewed him, and he does a really good job of saying, do you really want to change it? Are you really wanting to get better? Are you really wanting to fix it? Yes, because if, and you got to ask yourself, like smoking, you might be like, well, yeah, I want to stop smoking. Do you like the idea of not smoking, or do you really want to make that change? And so I think that's where you got to start with a lot of these too um because once you commit to it and make these changes they're not all fun changes but they definitely help and you'll see i think a change in direction immediately for sure that trajectory that we talk about trajectory Trajectory. that's the word casey Coates' episode is 91 if you wanted to know that Mm -hmm. but yes that concludes episode 104 chapters four through seven it's all about the first law which is make it obvious obviously Mm -hmm. so next week we'll go over the second law which is make it attractive well can't wait to see what that's about (laughs) (laughs) we'll just tease it with that (laughs) bye we help hard-working christian women get the growth they want by giving them the tools they need in order to have more joyful lives We love providing our Christian-based personal growth podcast to our listeners at no cost. If you are enjoying the content, please consider supporting our mission by donating to our Patreon. We're a small team creating the show for our community by researching, recording, and producing the episodes ourselves. Any amount is greatly appreciated. Your support will help offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you can receive exclusive access For more details on specific membership tiers, visit our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com forward slash witty and gritty. We've included the link in the show notes.